welcome to the Thrive Retirement Planning Podcast, where we help you design a retirement and life you love. I'm your host and retirement planning specialist, Carl Wolston. I'm the founder of Thrive Retirement Planning, and this podcast was created to address, to integrate, and simplify the eight critical components that I believe every successful retirement plan needs to include. Often we see retirees and financial professionals may address one or two of these components, but it takes all eight working together in alignment to truly create a successful and thriving retirement. We're here to help you reduce your anxiety about retirement, get answers on Social Security, and design a plan to replace your income. We want to help you take steps to protect and grow your investments and ethically reduce your retirement taxes. Thanks for being here on the show today. So glad you're with us as we hit one of our hottest topics every time we talk about Social Security. These shows are downloaded and listened to over and over again. And so I wanted to tackle Social Security from a little bit different angle today. Today we're going to be talking about Q&A around Social Security. What are some of the most common questions and what are some answers around those questions? You know, for most Americans, Social Security is a foundational piece of their retirement income. And you know, how does it work and when should you take it and when's the earliest you can start Social Security and why would you want to delay taking Social Security? How does it coordinate with your other investments? Is it taxed? All of those types of things. So in this episode, I'm going to answer some of the top questions about Social Security. So thanks for being here. Let's just dig into it today. We're not going to spend any time on any other topics, but topic number one Question number one is, what are the three main types of Social Security benefits? And this one may not be one that's on the top of everybody's tongue, but it, almost everything around Social Security comes down to which benefit are you trying to claim. So it's important to understand the difference. So there's first is a retired worker benefit. And this is the benefit that's taken off your own work history. So you've worked out over the years and you look up uh, your social security benefit, that's what you're going to see. It's your own benefit based on your own working history. So that's the first main type of benefit. The second main type of benefit is what we call a spousal benefit. And this benefit is the one that provides the worker's spouse. So for example, in a in a marriage where one spouse didn't work, maybe she was home raising the children, Maybe as they're raising the children, she ends up going back to to work after the kids have left or start leaving, and she hasn't been able to develop the career in in the way her spouse or her husband was able to. Well, this is a, a type of situation that may call for a spousal benefit, and we'll get into that a little bit down the show. The third main type of social security benefit is a widow, a widower, or a survivor benefit. And this is the benefit that provides a surviving spouse with a benefit after a worker's death. Okay, so these are those the three main types of benefits. So let's go to our next question. So what is your, what is my primary insurance amount? So when we talk about primary insurance amount, it may not be something that you're asking, but it's something that you definitely need to understand. 
Primary insurance amount is the amount of Social Security benefit you're going to receive at full retirement age. That, that age that you can find on your Social Security statement that's between 66 and 67. And pr- your primary insurance amount, it's put through a formula. It's called the AIM or Amy formula, and it puts it through this formula, and it takes your highest 35 years of working history indexed for inflation and then puts them through a formula to determine what your Social Security benefit is at full retirement age, which is this PIA number, primary insurance amount. Now, if you don't have your Social Security statement, just go over to ssa.gov. I have a link to it in the show notes. And as you go to ssa.gov and take a look at it there, you can register for a secure online account, uh, look at your Social Security statement, Have a there's calculators, there's different things there to give you resources on Social Security. So, That's what primary insurance amount, and as we get into this, it's important for you to have that basic understanding. Okay, so let's go into the next topic or next common question. Should should you take Social Security at 62? Now, I did an entire show on this. You can get it in the show notes. Uh, You can also go to my website at thriverp.com, and you can click on podcast and then scroll through, and you can see it's should you take Social Security at 62. But like I said, the link is in the show notes. So if you're weighing the options of retiring early and taking your Social Security benefits, it's important, first off, that if you take your Social Security early, you're going to have a reduced benefit. And that reduced benefit is going to be permanent. So whenever you start that Social Security benefit early, that reduced benefit of 25 or 20 or 30% reduction is going to be for the entire your entire life. Some people mistakenly believe that that reduced benefit is just until they reach full retirement age and then it bumps up. No, that is not the case. Social Security does bump up over the years due to inflation protection or a, what they call a COLA, which is a cost of living adjustment. And as that benefit is adjusted, uh, you're going to see your Social Security go up over time. Now, this isn't, this isn't uh, giving you a raise in retirement. This is just keeping up with the cost of groceries, uh, gasoline, and uh, trying to keep up with the cost of life in general. So, Also, when you're thinking about taking your Social Security benefit at 62, one of the things you want to look at is your spouse's situation. So, for example, when uh, oftentimes the survivor who is left behind, um, you have to do planning for what happens to one spouse when they pass away. Because if you take your, your benefit early at, say, 62, and you were to pass away and your spouse generally is going to take the higher benefit. The survivor is going to get the higher benefit. And if the the survivor is the lower income earner and they're going to take over your benefit, well, if you took it at 62, all of a sudden there's only one Social Security benefit because the lower benefit will just go away. So often you can have a significant reduction in Social Security income when one spouse passes away and what's left is the higher benefit. And if you take that early, it can really hurt the, the survivor. Now, there's a lot of other things in this. How much do you have in your 401k? How much do you have in your IRA? What kind of pensions do you have? 
all of those things can come into to impact that decision. But that is, at least is one thing to be thinking about is what's going to happen to that survivor benefit if you were to pass away. Also, if you're going to take your social security early, there is something called the earnings test. And you need to be aware of this. The earnings test applies to earned income like W-2 wages. And what the, the government basically has said is if you earn above a certain threshold, for 2021, this number is 18960 Now, this number gets indexed annually and can change annually and go up annually. So if you're looking at this in the future, you can certainly look up what the most recent number is and just Google it. But basically what happens when you, you earn above this threshold for every $2 in earnings above the threshold, they take away a dollar in your social security benefit. And so where people get in trouble is Say, for example, you earned $10,000 above this $18,960. Well, they would reduce your Social Security benefit by $5,000 that year. Where people get into trouble is they, they retire early thinking they're going to get their Social Security benefit and going to work a little bit, and then that Social Security benefit does not come in. So, um, And it doesn't go away permanently. It's just... Uh, it's like you never took it, and when you turn full retirement age, it'll just get figured back into your numbers, but something to be aware of and have on your radar. And those are some of the keys about should you take Social Security at 62. There's other factors as well, and like I mentioned, you can go in the show notes. I link to my previous full article that spends a full 30 minutes on should you take Social Security at 62. That is, by the way, one of the more most popular podcasts um, that I've ever done. Now, let's go to the next question. What is the latest you should take Social Security? Well, the latest you'd want to take your own benefit based on your own working history is when you turn age 70. It doesn't make any sense to wait after age 70. Now, why would you want to wait, wait till age 70? Well, there are these things called DRCs or delayed retirement credits. And after you reach full retirement age, that age between 66 and 67, you can see it right on your social security statement what that age is. But for every year that you delay, they're going to bump up your social security by 8%. So one way to think about this is think about an investment that you knew was going to do 8% per year. Well, they just don't have those guarantees in investments. We have to take on risk to get that. Well, social security, they will give you that 8% delayed retirement credit. So it can make a lot of sense to delay you just have to figure out if you want to keep working. I've had uh, sat down in front of people that are like, "I we love working. We're just going to delay till 70. It makes the most sense. I've had people who are 62 and I'm sitting down with and we're putting income plans together and they're like, I want to be done. Uh, I just want to take Social Security as soon as possible. But there's a lot of factors to weigh into that. And sometimes you can you can delay taking Social Security and between like 62 to 65 or 62 to 66, you can uh, create, uh, fill that income gap with actual investments and 401ks and IRAs and pensions and other things. 
uh, and wait for Social Security to ratchet up till either 66 or even till 70. So those are things to sit down with. That stuff I do on a regular basis when uh, we at Thrive Retirement Planning sit down with, uh, with clients to help them put income plans together. So some people, we're going to talk about the, um, the spousal benefit next and a little bit more about how the spousal benefit works. But as we're talking about delaying Social Security and the latest you'd want to take it, the spousal benefit does not continue to grow after full retirement age. In other words, it reaches its max at full retirement age. So it doesn't make sense to, per, to wait just for a spousal benefit. Now, there's other factors, but just for the spousal benefit past age, uh, your full retirement age. However, the, the benefit for your own working history, uh, it can make sense to, to uh, wait till 70 because of the delayed requirement credits. So another way of saying this is the delayed retirement credits after full retirement age do not apply to the spousal benefit. All right, next question. How does the Social Security spousal benefit work? Well, I did an earlier show. I've linked it in, in the notes uh, it was called Social Security Spousal Benefits. And you can access it just by going there and it's a full show just on that. So I'm going to hit on just some of the high points. This is not meant today's show to be exhaustive and all-encompassing on any one of these pieces, but just to hit a lot of these high-level questions. So you have to be married at least a year to get Social Security Spousal Benefits and also to qualify for your own benefit based on your own working history, um, you can't be greater than half of the primary worker's PIA. So let's, uh, let's say this a few ways because this can be complex. The spousal benefit can be up to 50% of the higher earning spouse's PIA. So as long as the higher er, um, earning spouse has started their benefit in most cases, when they took their spouse when they took their benefit does not impact the spousal benefit so let's go back and say this even another way you get your own benefit based on your own working history okay so let's just say your benefit um, was two thousand dollars and your your um, your spouse based on their own working history was eight hundred dollars Okay, so half of the 2000 is 1000 And so what happens with the spousal benefit is there's a spousal benefit, uh, spousal boost up to potentially another $200 to put you half or your spouse up to half of your own benefit. So $2,000 for your benefit, up to $1,000 for the spousal benefit. And if your own working or your spouse's own working history was 800, then they're going to give you another 200. Now, if your spouse had zero work history, maybe they just didn't work enough to even qualify for Social Security, they can still get that spousal benefit up to $1,000 um, if they wait till full retirement age. If you wait, if on the spousal benefit you take it earlier, it's also going to be reduced. Or if you delay past full retirement age, as I mentioned just previously, it doesn't continue to grow. So the latest you'd want to take the spousal benefit is at full retirement age. Now, 
like I mentioned, I'll reiterate here, your spouse generally needs to take the spousal benefit or their own benefit before the spousal benefit can be turned on. Now, there's some there's some old pieces uh, with, uh, with applications that can sometimes be applied, but most people do not qualify for those anymore. So when should you start Social Security? Well, Social Security is not just about the basics of 62, full retirement age, and 70, although it's important to understand those pieces, right? Those are foundational pieces. It's also important to understand the tax ramifications of retirement. Social Security uh, can be taxed. Uh, There's a thing called provisional income, and provisional income, uh, they basically take your, your earnings um, and your income that's ordinary income, and they add half of the Social Security benefit, and then it gets put through the, the formula on if it can be taxed. Um, and up to 85% of Social Security can be taxed. It doesn't mean 85% of your Social Security uh, is going away. It just means up to 85% of it can be taxed at your current tax bracket. Also, other things to consider on when to start Social Security is consider the assets you've saved, your 401ks, your IRAs, your retirement accounts, uh, pensions, annuities, all these different financial instruments that you have. You want to take a look at those and start piecing them together across when you want to retire, uh, withdrawal rates on those, how they'll be taxed, uh, and then look at Social Security Look at the spousal benefit. Look at your exact situation. If you're a widow, there's also pieces to throw in here in addition to what I've covered today. So let me give you an example on, on uh, an individual. And we teach this, I teach this in my Social Security classes. Um, I'm teaching a class here in Bountiful, Utah. I also have an online class, a Social Security Master Class you can access. That's in the action steps at the bottom of the show notes and you can go and watch that for free and it's a it's an hour long it goes in depth and covers all the basics on social security but in that master class I share an example of a client there where a specific strategy uh, that we implemented could give this client as much as $186,000 more over retirement in social security benefits And a lot of that's done by just how you move pieces around. When you take Social Security, can you delay Social Security? But for this particular individual that this case study we show in the seminar, this person wanted to, uh, husband and wife wanted to start Social Security um, early on. They wanted to retire and be done at, at 64 and at 62. And so at 64 and 62, they just wanted to be done and start Social Security. They had about $750,000 in assets. And what what we ended up doing is starting based on what they needed and their income. If they started Social Security early, there was a really good chance when we ran this and kind of pressure tested that they would run out of assets later on in retirement and have to reduce their lifestyle, which it's a major risk, right? Running out of assets. Um, if you don't get the rate of returns you're hoping for and you, the optimal situation and inflation, all those things, uh, there's that possibility of running out of money. So we wanted to reduce the risk a little bit. And instead of just taking Social Security at 62 and 64, 
what we started to do is pull assets early out of retirement accounts, uh, fill those for two or three years, let Social Security uh, become a little bit higher, and then start Social Security later. But in this case, they didn't even have to not retire. They could still retire early and take their Social Security or uh, take the Social Security later. And when we did the pressure test, it, it had a lot higher chance of being successful. So also, let me give you another example, is sometimes people, or maybe not an example, but rather just a way to think about this, is retirement doesn't have to be all or nothing. There, in many cases, we could put income plans together. People may want to Say, for example, I'm talking to an engineer who is done working at 62, wants to wait for Social Security a bit longer, but they know how much they need during retirement in order to survive and, and, and make life good. And so what they could do is, is take a consulting job for what Social Security would pay at 62 and work two or three days a week. Still have a retirement lifestyle that's much better than the lifestyle they were doing. Maybe they find a new company or it's a current company. They retire and then work part-time. And it allows them to bridge that income gap. Let Social Security continue to grow. Just turn on Social Security at full retirement age or 70, whatever makes sense. But it gives flexibility in a plan. And they it's kind of this phase one retirement and then later on they're going to move into phase two retirement with full social security. So my point is social uh, retirement and social security isn't all or nothing. Sometimes we think it's about like this event where we walk through a door and we say I'm retired but the reality is as we get closer to retirement there's a lot of phases. You can pull this in phase one, phase two, phase three. It can be very flexible and as you put all the pieces together, you can really create an income plan that's solid. You can figure out what to do with your investments at retirement. You can figure out what, what investments to pull from uh, for the, the greatest um, uh, tax reduction, all those types of things. Just don't make, my plea to you is don't make your social security decisions in a bubble uh, because these impacts with social security in some situations can have impact of more than $100,000 during retirement. And that's such a huge part of this. So uh, as I mentioned, uh, I like to end every show talking about actions and uh, things you can do. So as I mentioned, you can watch my free Social Security Masterclass. The link's down below. You can also just go to thriverp.com, Thrive Retirement Planning, thriverp.com forward slash ss, and if you go there or it's in the show notes, you can go watch that. You just put your email in and you can watch the free Social Security Masterclass. Um, you can also sit down for a free Social Security analysis. On a regular basis, I teach out in the community Social Security classes at uh, local high schools and places here in the community. And as I teach those, oftentimes people say, well, what does this look like in my specific situation? And so they'll set up a time to come in and we'll simply look at when they want to retire, the assets they have available, the plans they have to replace their retirement income. Uh, and then part of that is just helping you decide when to take Social Security. And we do that, that free Social Security analysis. Just It's a free thing. It's complimentary. And you can do it virtually or in, in person at, at the office. So if you'd like to sit down and discuss your Social Security benefits, your assets, create a plan on when to sit down to retire, 
Um, you can just call our office at 801-810-8434, 801-810-8434, or go to thriverp.com and just click on Get Started. We're a holistic fiduciary firm, and we can meet with you either in person or virtually. Now, I want to throw one other uh, caveat in, is that oftentimes um, people who are uh, getting close to retirement the the main thing they've been worrying about is accumulating money, right, in their 401ks or IRAs or Roths or whatever those investment vehicles has been. And as you get closer to retirement, you have to transition into thinking about things differently. You have to move into the preservation stage, and then you have to move into a distribution stage. But it's so vital that uh, the five years, even a little bit longer before retirement, you start to put plans in place so that if the stock market does goes down, you don't lose 20 or 30 percent of what you needed to create income in the first few years of retirement. Because if that if you were counting on that money and that money is now gone, is it like 2008 where people had to work longer or they had to retire on less or they had their plans massively disrupted because of outside influences? But there's a ways to do planning to protect that money and move into preservation stage and a lot of great ways to put yourself into position to succeed in ups and down markets. So thanks for being here on the show today. I hope this was helpful. Our social security Q&A today. Uh, look into the show notes for those other classes I mentioned as well as the online social security masterclass. If you're ever here in the bountiful Utah area, uh, we do fr- free classes in person, and you can reach out to us when we get our upcoming schedule. All right, thanks for being here today on the show. You have a great one. Bye-bye. Carl Wolston is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, an SEC-registered advisor. Thrive Retirement Planning and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors.